Yes, dropping off a freaking cliff <laughs> on a, in a oh, helicopter. <laughs> hey, let's see if Ed Brown's eyes can get any bigger. Oh, man. These eyes went like, are we going tar, are we going tar hunting? Oh, man, tar, absolutely. You said there was no photos. No, I, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know how you tell when Jason's lying, don't you? His lips are moving. <laughs> Who's well, that good-looking guy? But yeah, that's me. Yes. Yeah, the good looking That's guy. you? No. That doesn't look like you. You take the hat off, it does. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have two rules in my house, okay? Get it straight. I wear the pants, okay? Every morning she tells me which ones I can put on. <laughs> what are you guys all looking at me for? Oh. Testing, testing. We need to hear you. My ear didn't work. You're breaking things. Like, will you quit kicking it with your foot? Okay. Normally we'd start it off with some cool music or something, but Lucas didn't bring any. Do want me to sing? Oh my God, that would be awesome. Since my baby left me, I found a new place to dwell. It's down <laughs> the end of lonely street at a break hotel. Well, I feel so lonely. I feel so lonely. I feel so lonely. I could die. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. And now off to <laughs> RNA Outdoors podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the RNA Outdoors podcast, fueled by Ripcord Arrowrest and First Light Hunting Apparel. At RNA, we are public land DIY conservationists that love to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we interview professionals in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. listeners, subscribers, and fellow outdoorsmen and women. This is your host, Lucas Paw, and I'm excited to tell you about some of the sponsors that continue to help make this podcast not only happen, but grow and thrive in this digital world of audio content. This podcast is brought to you by Ripcord Arrowrest, the bow hunter's number one fallaway rest on the market. Ripcord is known for 100% full-time arrow containment and their patented drop-dead brake system that eliminates launcher bounce back. Best of all, Ripcord is backed by their rock-solid guarantee. If the original owner has a part break for any reason, it will be repaired or replaced at no charge. And did I mention, Ripcord is located in southwest Montana, where all their products are made with pride in America. Check them out at ripcordrs.com and on their social media feeds. This podcast is brought to you by First Light Clothing and Hunting Apparel. Born in the Rockies in central Idaho, First Light's mission is to create simple yet proven versatile gear that provides comfort and performance in any situation while working to promote the pursuit of ethical hunting and stewardship. I recently joined the First Light Pro staff team and have continued to be impressed year after year in their innovations in engineering and merino wool fabrics. 
Ten years ago, they started putting out wool fabrics with camel patterns, and immediately this changed the game. Since then, they offer multiple layering systems and kits in various proprietary patterns and continue to raise the bar with their competition. Find them online at firstlight.com or under their social media feeds. Go farther, stay longer. Coming to you live on the showroom floor here in Reno. We are at the 2019 SCI show and fortunate to be here with my good buddy and partner, Mr. Jason Quick with the NRA. Welcome, Jason. Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year, my man. Happy New Year. Man, it's crazy. 2019 is already here. I know. Hard to remember to write that number at the back of the The check you're writing. Wait, who still writes checks? Oh, I do. I'm that guy. Okay. Anyway, so... We're excited to be here. That we're yep. on uh, for us day one, but I think uh, day two or day three here at the SCI show, and we are fortunate to be here um, with some old friends, uh, but also uh, a really awesome hunting concession out of New Zealand River South Safaris. And uh, I was fortunate to go in 2014, uh, which went through the NRA and, and purchased a hunt, and was able to go with some friends and meet both Mark and Pam at their concession in New Zealand, and just had a phenomenal time. Uh, but I want to welcome you both, Mark and Pam, Thank to the Arnie Outdoors podcast. Yeah, Thank you very much. Welcome. Yeah. Hey, good to meet you. It's nice to see you guys on this side of the pond versus <laughs> exactly. over on the South Island, but I wouldn't mind being back on the South Island again, I'll tell you that. So. Well, I mean, come on. Any time out in the outdoors is a great day. Yeah, absolutely. Even though I've just noticed your uh, new place, Mark, and the indoors look pretty pretty extravagant yeah, also. Nice. Yeah, they are, and that's a beautiful new setup we have, and I've uh, been there for how long now, Pam? Uh, six years. Six yeah. years, yeah. So. Six years? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Where does the time go? Yeah, so Mark, maybe just tell us um, a little bit about River South Safaris, maybe just some history about the company and, and kind of where yeah. you guys have gotten to today. Sure, Pam and I, um, we worked for a big company uh, when we first went back to New Zealand, and, and we've seen that how a big company works and it all fell apart they didn't treat people with you know the way we think the people should be treated and so we saw an opportunity and we went out on our own and, and we kept it sort of small and family-like and uh, we uh, we like we sit around the dinner tables swapping stories hunting stories and make you feel like home and as you know good home style cooking from pam it's yeah it's it's a great little uh, place new zealand's friendly and you know, it's just all about the family orientation, isn't it? You're, ta- you're talking about good food. I, I saw some of that splash across the screen, and I haven't had breakfast yet this morning, so I was thinking, oh, man, that looks really good. <laughs> so, but, but speaking of that, I, that was, to me, one of the experiences when I went that I thought was so cool is, is, you know, everybody went out and had their day, and, you know, someone would go hunt tar one day, someone would go hunt, you know, chamois or, or red stag, but we would all come back in the evenings, you know, inside your guys' house at yep. the dinner table, and everyone came back to a, 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 just an incredible cooked meal. Usually it was something, you know, from, from you know, previous yep. New Zealand, yep. and uh, we all shared our stories, and that to me was always the fun part uh, when we were in New Zealand was just kind of the camaraderie of everyone coming back, and, and, and Pam's, you know, home cooking made, sure made it feel like home. I have, to, I have to ask, Pam, do you have a set meal schedule that you always follow for every group, or is there always something different that you're doing? Most of the time it's the same, um, you know, because we live out of town, so... I have to have the ingredients because everything's cooked 
started from scratch, so I have to know what I'm doing. But the, the desserts that all the Americans like, oh. I'll change them up a little bit, and I've got two or three new recipes, so and uh -oh. I've tried them out, and it's like, wow. That's so The new recipes on the desserts, guys. Yeah. That's Put it on the 2019 <laughs> schedule. <laughs> So, yeah, so Mark, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, some of the game and the species that you guys provide uh, yeah. over in New Zealand. Well, we, uh, we, we have 15 big game species that we can hunt throughout New Zealand, both north and south, and we can offer hunting for all them. But our, our main ones are the red stag, of course, tar, chamois, fallow, um, elk, and we've got arapara rams, wild goats. And uh, back in 2015, Pam and I were lucky enough to purchase our own property. We bought Mount Walker Station, which is about... 4,000 acres, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful property. A lot of timber, a lot of terrain, a lot of gullies, and and it, it's steep, but it's manageable. We got some <laughs> as we watch a guy slip and fall down the hill. <laughs> uh, he didn't really fall; he kind of slid down yeah, the hill. Yeah, not too far. <laughs> and uh, so we 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 uh, we fenced it up, and uh, it's got 10 mile high fence around the outside. But it's a fair chase hunt, as you know. Everything we mm -hmm. promote is fair chase, and. And I think you'll, you'll testify that it's not a, like shooting fish in a barrel, is no, it? No, it's not. <laughs> I know on, on my hunt, I spent almost six days chasing the same stag. And uh, it was like that 80-yard zone. We just could not get within that 80-yard zone. Exactly. And uh, ended up getting him on the last day. But uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was by no means um, an easy hunt, right? No. I mean, we had to work for him, and we did. And, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, we've got... Um, some of the best free-range tar hunting in New Zealand. You know, we've got 40,000 acres of free-range tar hunting on, on two properties that boundary each other, and uh, we have exclusive rights on those places. And uh, we don't hunt public land. A lot of people will hunt public land, use helicopters. Uh, we're very fortunate. We don't have to do that, you know. And we've got good tracks, and you've hunted tar up there, and, and yeah. me and Jason went for a walk, took his gun for a walk one day. <laughs> went for a walk, yep. Yeah. And... Uh, we're, unfortunately, we, we didn't get one, but uh, he's 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 coming back. Oh, yeah, it's on it the list. We were talking about it on the drive up. Mm. So yeah, and it's only 30 minute drive from our lodge. So you wake up in the morning, you look out of the mountains, and you're like, that's where we're going. And so we're pretty pretty lucky to be able to do that. I tell you, the the tar hunting is is not for the faint of heart. Uh, I know at least the the tar hunt that I did, we had spotted those bulls, but I mean, it was like, yeah, you know, we're just going to go up there, but I mean, it's like straight up, and then we get to snow line, and it got really cold, but uh, it was it was it was an awesome experience, and uh, it was a lot of fun hunting them where we did. We had a great time. They're such a cool animal. I mean, I think so many people, when they think of New Zealand, they think the red stag, which don't get me wrong, everybody's going to have to take one of those. But the, the tar there, they're, they're just phenomenal. Just a phenomenal animal. And they are a goat boy, man. When they decide to go up the mountain or maybe down to the bottom of the ridge and then up to the other side and then over to the other side, holy cow. I mean, I, I remember that one time we came up and we went all the way to the top, you and I, Mark, and as we were coming down the ridge, we bumped one and they went all the way to the bottom and then went all the way back up the other side. And I think I remember hearing Ed Brown go, is that the one that we're really looking for? And you go, yeah. And he's like, I don't think that's going to happen. Where's <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter? <laughs> yes. It's, they're an amazing animal. And uh, I think um, they're an underrated animal too, I think. you know, um, I love hunting them. I just love hunting them. I love seeing it's an achievable hunt, you know, when people work. And we tell people, you know, get in shape. We can get, everybody's got one tar hunting them. That's what I believe. 
if I manage them and take them slowly, you know, one yeah. step at a time, we get them there. Yeah. And uh, we had some guides this year come out and hunt, and they said it was the most incredible rewarding hunt they'd ever done. And um, some people try to compare it to a, a, probably a, a sheep hunt in some regards. I've not hunted the big big sheep, but you know, a few guys have. You, you can testify to that. But yeah, but they're just great hunting. Hey, I hate to interrupt, but I recognize that guy. He he's a celebrity, isn't he? A celebrity? He's a superstar. A superstar. He is. And he that's went. His, he that, went the next step up. Yeah, that's his beautiful wife. Well, she's the one that keeps him in control, just like Pam does you. Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> well, don't worry, Mark. We'll cut that out. No, yeah. no, we won't. Just so you know. Hey, we have two rules in my house. Okay, get it straight. I wear the pants. Okay. Every morning she tells me which ones I can put on. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, that's one thing. Sitting around the dinner table, um, you're going to laugh, and that's the one thing that I really enjoyed about my experience there. It was it was just. We had a lot of fun, and you you make it and you make it fun, Mark. And that's that's really what I think the experience was about. And we just had a lot of fun. But I will tell you that it is one of the most rewarding hunts is doing a tar hunt. And uh, I was on another podcast with another gentleman, and he'd asked me that question. He asked me, you know, what's one of the most rewarding or toughest hunts you've ever done? And that was one of my examples was that tar hunt. And I've climbed a lot of mountains, and I've been a lot of places, but that was. That was definitely in the top few hunts for me. That was probably one of the most rewarding. Yeah. Um, being on the mountain, you know, we, we caped the whole thing out, and Pog and I came down at dark and came down to the bottom. It was just, the whole thing was just, it was a lot of fun. It was. I remember waiting for you to come down. Yeah. And it was freezing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cold. So, Mark, maybe talk a little bit about, so, yeah, you said, I mean, obviously Red Stag is what most people think about when they come to New Zealand, but maybe talk a little bit about, you know, the different types of stags that you offer and Mm -hmm. and maybe even talk maybe some of the price point, inch-wise, some of the things that you guys offer class-wise. Yeah, we offer stags. Our our entry level is a stag uh, 320 to 360, and that's uh, based on total inches, Safari Club that's the, that's the measurement that we all use at Unifies and everyone seems to recognize it around the world, so mm-hmm. that's, that's the one we use. And then we move up to a, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a uh, 360 to 380 class, and then we go 380 to 400 and then above, above and beyond. That. Yeah, they, they, which, they get big. Which actually I saw I, you guys have donated a hunt to Safari Club. Yes, we did. And is that going to be in tonight's auction or tomorrow? Saturday. Saturday. Saturday's auction. And that that one, if I remember right, said up to? 500. Holy wow. cow. Yeah, we shot, the guys come out last, biggest stag we shot last year was 478. Wow. Yeah, and the biggest stag we shot two years ago was 545. <laughs> it's a big stag. That's, that's the one there, the, the exhibit wow. top. Man, and, look at the mass on and that And right thing. now, do you have stags that are we do. in that in that range, we or do. at least wow? Yeah, we do. We um, we've got some out there, and uh, and uh, yeah, we're just waiting to see what happens. We, it's quite interesting when you when you see them, you think, wow, that stag's big. But when you see them beside the next grade up, it's like, oh my god, you just see the mass. They don't change much red stags. If you get a twenty point red stag, and he's a, let's say he's a three sixty, and and he's got twenty points. And then you add two inches to each of them points. It adds up. It adds up. And, yeah. you, and, you, and you don't really notice that until you actually put a tape over them. But the, the stags are getting bigger and bigger. And uh, there's some big stags out there. Big stags. You know, and New Zealand's renowned, renowned for oh, the yeah. you know, feeding and breeding program. And it's through genetics and, and uh, you know, the feeding programs that they have. That been and do, you, do you manage some of those bigger stags and how, and some of the, and how you kind of, you said, breed them and feed them? And yeah. And then... 
we put them out on our block and uh, yeah there's tags out there that we since we've owned it and we see them and they see you later you know they when they get wise because they're a wild animal you can never domesticate them you know and sure. so once you put them back in an area the size of our place it's just like they revert back to their natural instincts and game on boys game yeah. on that's awesome and we're just watching people can't see this of course because we're talking but we're watching some of the footage of, of one of the tv shows that you're on and looking at some of the terrain and the water what's that uh there's a creek running through there you got fishing too i'm assuming yeah we, we do we do trout fishing in the spring and we've got some lovely trout fishing waters over there fly fishing and spot it's a bit like hunting you know spot and stalk see the trout feeding and go up and match the hatch as they say and and uh, see them land on them big suckers. So, oh, man. Yeah. And if they come early enough, we can do a combo too. You know, do a couple of days fishing and do some hunting and, and stuff like that. But our rivers do shut in um, the 30th of April. That's when the fishing season shuts for the rivers. Yeah. So, yeah. So if anybody's interested in coming and do a combo, you know, come early. Come earlier, yeah. Come and early. You, get, you get the stag roar too a little earlier then as well. So yeah. when, when is the roar time frame? Generally, it, it starts about the 19th of March, somewhere in around there. Yeah. Go, go through till about uh, second third week in April, depending on the weather. You know, last yeah. year they they was they started then we got hot, so they quit, and then later on mid March, uh, mid April they they crank back up again. So. It all depends on the weather, what the weather cycle's doing. Because that, that was, I mean, for people from the states that love to elk hunt and that kind of stuff, they love that time period here, right? The September rut of the elk and, and the crazy calling. And I remember actually being at your place, and, and when the first time I heard one of those roar, it was just, it was such a, it was just like elk hunting. The hair on the back of my neck kind of stood up. And, I mean, I didn't even really realize what I was experiencing, yeah. but it was so awesome. And then, especially when you're at a distance and they start sounding off, and you're, like, kind of looking around like, what the hell is going on? You know, we're out in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden now there's this sound yeah. that's happening, and it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, Mark, what? so most folks just thinking about, like, planning a, a trip, you know, or a, or a safari to come out, most folks will, will fly into Christchurch a lot of times and yep. you'll pick them up from there. Yeah, you got to come into Auckland now. They've um, stopped all the direct flights into Christchurch. So okay. you come to Auckland, and then from there you'll fly down to uh, Christchurch, which is about an hour and 10, hour and 15. Okay. And then we'll uh, pick you up from there and then drive you down to the lodge bit two and a half hours okay and then you know located on the south island kind of what where proximity are you is your guys's concession from uh it's about halfway down the south island on the east coast and um it, we're in what they call the heart of the tar zone there's a there's a zone that the government have got and then that's it's on the uh, top side of highway state highway one and um no tar are allowed outside this boundary so we're in the heart of the tar zone and um and so it's 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 a unique little area where we are, rich in game. You know, it's just uh, just a beautiful, beautiful spot. Yeah, it is. It's, wow. It is a beautiful spot. It is neat. So, Jason, maybe we can talk a little bit about you know kind of the affiliation you've worked over the years, working with Mark and River South Safaris Absolutely. and with the NRA, and, and kind of how that that uh, you know relationship is built. Well, I mean, it's it's been over ten years now that it you've has. been that it you've has. been donating hunts to the NRA. Exactly. And we've we've done a lot of different levels of, of hunts, but for the first time um, this year, you know, you've taken it to what I would consider a next level type of thing. You've became a NRA national donor, and your donations actually are recognized through the NRA at the national foundation level. And uh, 
if I remember right, you donated over 50 hunts to be used in wow. our live auctions nationwide, which is a pretty, pretty sizable donation on your part. And from the NRA to you and Pam, thank you so much for believing in you know, our God-given right to own firearms and um, to practice the right to actually hunt with guns. And I tell a lot of people, it, it's, it's amazing to me as an American, we just kind of take all this stuff for granted, right? It's in our constitution, but you know, why don't you give us a little idea from you and Pam's back background in a different country. And I know you're a firearms owner and, and everything. And what's your, What's your viewpoint of what's going on? Well, <coughs> excuse me. First, the, fil the, the, the filtered version for Mark. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> the, the, it's a, the thing I love about America is, first and foremost, you're born with that right to keep and bear arms. Now, fantastic. You know, if you don't want to choose to use that right, that's fine. That's your choice. You know, but Amen. I think it's great. We, we don't have that right. We, we have that right taken away from us oh. because... Back in 1776, you know, the Americans gave the English an ass whooping and sent them back over. Well, they didn't make that same mistake when they came and colonised Australia, which I'm actually Australian. Um, when they colonised Australia, they made sure that they didn't make that same mistake again. We don't have the right in Australia or New Zealand to keep and bear arms. Wow. Um, it's a privilege. We have a licence, and they can take that licence away from you if they see me as an unfit person or you do something, you know, criminal. Sure. Like drink driving, for example. So they can even do it if you get a DUI, you know, and in some cases. So they've, they've really turned the screws on it over there. You can still have... New Zealand's a lot more friendlier firearm ownership than Australia. And we, you see what happened with the buyback over there. Yeah, we, we, we saw that front and centre all the time. Man, I tell you, and if it happens in America, that's the end of it, in my opinion. I, I think the world is gone. And so that's really kind of your background and yep. why you believe in our and the NRA and, and the constitutional we right. Want to, we want yeah. to help the Americans keep that Second Amendment. And if we can help by donating hunts, raising money, awareness, getting more people involved in hunting, the more we have people, younger people coming on, you know, we're getting towards the end of well, you guys aren't, but, you know, we're getting towards, we haven't got as much life ahead of us as we have behind us. It's the next generation. It's the next generation and the generation after that that we yeah. have to keep promoting this for. Get them involved, make them aware, because if they don't fight now and keep that dream alive, down the track, you'll end up like everybody else. And that's a, that's a scary thing, because from being an NRA employee, um, that's really kind of my background when I was going through college is I was thinking I'm a constitutionalist. And so I believe in the Constitution and Perry, that's it, you know, and I think for me, the Second Amendment, which says the right to keep and bear arms, that's what upholds all the rest. You know, as you said, if you don't want to exercise that right, that's completely fine to me if you don't want to. But don't tread on my right to do that because when you start wanting to stand up on the corner and preach your preach, I'm the guy that's supporting you to be able to do that. Exactly. You take away the Second Amendment, and all of a sudden, what's to say that they don't say, well, you can't, you can't stand out in front of that crowd and say what you want to say? Thin end of the wedge. There you Thin go. Thin end of the wedge. And, and you know, it's, it amazes me. Um, you have people who have no idea how America lives. Like, in New Zealand, they say, oh, they say, you know, it's another gun violence or whatever. 
and it, it's tragic to see all these shootings and that. You know, nobody nobody denies that. You know, it's it's heartfelt for the parents who Absolutely. lose children and stuff like that. But they don't understand the dangers involved in America. You know, you have 360 million people over here. Not everybody's a nice person. No, not everybody's a nice person. And until you live in that environment that you guys live in, we we shouldn't as people from other countries looking from the outside. It's easy to look from the outside and say, oh, you shouldn't have this or you shouldn't have that. You're not on the, the coalface. You know, we don't live with that fear someone's going to kick your door down or someone's going to hold you up and take, take your money or take your life. Sure. You know, so, so it's a very, very important thing and, and, you know, you need to fight for it as long as you can because I'll tell you what, don't ever let it go. Well, and the sad part about this whole thing is, is my mom and dad live kind of rural and out in the middle of nowhere. And they're in their 70s, and my mom and dad own firearms, and they've never felt afraid of anything, really. Hmm. Well, my dad was with me and my son, and we were hunting in New Mexico this last year, and my, my mom called and said that our next-door neighbor passed away, and she had left my mom as a contact person. So my mom was handling kind of her affairs for her. Um, and like two days later, my mom called, and she was absolutely freaked out. And my dad and I, of course, were, you know, well, yeah, we were in three states away, so it wasn't like we could do anything about it. But she said she went over to the house like two days later and opened the door. And as soon as she opened the door, she's like, somebody's been here. Somebody had heard that this she lady died, had died. passed away and had already broke into the house and basically ransacked the place. And my mom said for the first time in her life, she did not feel safe. And that was just because some slime bag basically decided to take advantage of a situation. My mom was probably within, you know, 200 yards of this group of people that was doing this in the house next door. Now, you know, we don't know them. Nope. I mean, if she would have walked over there in the middle of that, what would have happened? Who knows? So yeah, Thank God she didn't. You know, of course, then she carries a pistol all the time now. So, I mean, you know, I, I probably wouldn't want to accidentally bump into her in the middle of the night, too. No. So, but anyway, just that's that's the way the world is. It's reality. And it I think, is. you know, the U.S. sets the tone, like you said, Mark. If, if the U.S. loses that connection or, or that you know, that hope with our Second Amendment, oh. it's going to filter everywhere else. It will. It'll and be open slather in the world, I'll tell you. Yeah. And, and you can't let that happen. And and I think from from the NRA standpoint and your donations to us, I see that with, with Alex in Africa donating also and everybody from the other communities, which is your livelihood of hunters, primarily, would you say majority of your hunters come from the U.S.? All of your hunters come from the U.S. Oh. Yes. Wow. We, so, we love the American people. We really do. Yeah. That's, we do. that's incredible. Yeah. But that's, that's once again, now that's your livelihood. Mm. So how does that, those trickle effects, right? Just yeah. a stupid little law, you know, for example, in California when they banned cat hunting, you know, they banned that, and then all of a sudden now we can't even ship ship stuff in and out of this state. And I, people can't see. Mark's, Mark's sighing hard, and he's shaking his head, and he's feeling the rights that we get taken away. But what people don't realize is, what does that do trickle-wise to all the other places? It drastically affects. Can you imagine if they said, hey, we don't think that you should be able to have a 30 caliber rifle that can shoot over 300 yards? 
I mean, that would basically ruin yep. your company. Yep. So. Yeah, and then, but what I find is these people are all about protest and all about ban this and ban that until it affects them, their way of life or their hip pocket, and then tides will turn. Sure. True. Tides will turn, you know. Uh, and I know we don't want to talk politics, but <laughs> I know I, I, we'll watch our, our country, very left-wing media, you know. You won't won't see any positive stuff about any of the good stuff going on over in America. They always show the negative stuff. We haven't watched our media for probably two years. We, just we watch Fox Fox News. Yeah. And well, so, and, and we all consider Fox is it's the best of the group, but yeah. it's still not exactly what we consider great, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but, yeah. but you get a variation. It's pretty of, honest and fair. Yeah, there you for go. The most That's what I'm going to say. And so when you see these poor families that have their children taken away from them from illegal immigrants, I say none of us know what that is like. None of us can... Ma- and you got children. Yeah, you know, I do. Yeah, and, and none of us could even comprehend that. No. The loss of a child, you know. Pammy can. She lost a child, so she understands. But how? Until it happens to them, that's what I mean. Yeah. They, they don't want to change rules. They don't feel affected. They don't until feel affected. It, until that's what I'm saying. You got to put yourself in other people's shoes, and that's what. Agreed. That's what you know. I believe um, conservative people do. They put themselves. Okay. I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about somebody else. Yes. Know? Put something else that's in front. That's exactly right. So, so that that's that's the way I feel, and, and I know Pam feels the same way too. We just. Sure do. We just feel for all them, and yep. We see what's happening, and we say, "You cannot let this happen. You cannot. You gotta, you gotta fight." And, and any way we can help, you know, with the donations to get money rolling in and help all that sort of stuff for the good causes, we're, we're not 100 percent. Absolutely. Well, God bless you for that, because we need all the support we can get. And you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a. I've seen the changes just in the 20 years that I've been really involved, but let me tell you. You know, we're not giving up. Not good. We do not give up. There is no give up in this situation. We fight the fight, and we keep doing what we need to do. And look, the hecklers the hecklers just walked in the background, you know. Uh, Surprised they didn't come up and do the little. Plenty of hecklers around here. They're all funny, I'll tell you what. Take him up the hill chasing the car. Yeah, exactly. We'll see how funny that is. Let's take that guy up the hill. That'll be entertaining. So So anyway, uh, Mark, so you guys are here in the States. Kind of just maybe give us a little bit of an idea how long you're going to be here, what your plans are while you're here on on the state side. We come over um, on the, what was it? The 4th of January and come to SCI. Reno, first time to Reno. We've been down to uh, the Safari Club in uh, Las Las Vegas Vegas. for three years, and now it's up here, first time here. Um, so yeah, we, we're in here promoting our business, and then after we get done with this, we'll head down to Texas. We're actually going to go and do a hunt down there. So very nice. cool. Yeah, so uh, we're going to hunt uh, free-range uh, antelope, blackbuck antelope, and uh, Pam's going to hunt a axis deer. So that's what we're looking for. Axis deer to. tastes fantastic too. Yeah, so would be dope. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. Absolutely well, that's cool. excellent. So yeah, so we're looking forward to that, and then uh, hopefully we can tag out. And then go and enjoy some of the scenery and some, some wine and just chill out and cool. do some stuff. So, yeah. so you're making a nice little trip out of it, which is good. You, you, yeah. 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 We try to be on business. You guys can go and relax and, and yeah. have some little personal time, which is good. Yeah. And that's uh, this is our sort of, once when we get back, you know, stags <laughs> and <laughs> work starts. Work starts again. We start, we start hunting on the uh, 20, what is it, 20th of February. Yes. 20th of February, and we go right through until about the 3rd of June this year. So Wow. So, yeah, we... 
go. Busy, busy, busy. busy. Yeah, so yeah. it's getting busy. So but that's, that's good. That is hey, good. better to be busy than to be bored. That's right. right. You yes. know, that's exactly. just the way it is. So if if people want to get a hold of you, you got a website, right? Yeah, yeah it's uh, www.riverssouthsafaris.co.nz. And uh, you can go onto the Friends of NRA website, and, and we've got a link on there as well. Cool, cool. Yeah, so they can check it out. If somebody wants to book a hunt, is the easiest way to email you guys? Yep. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or go to uh, go to one of the Friends of NRA banquets and buy a hunt. Sure, And that would, that would be a better yeah. And then our, our agent, Steve, you know Steve Silverell very well. He's a yes. good man. He'll, he'll set him up and, and get him going. He's been, he's been doing a lot of work behind the stages with you, Jason, <laughs> and, and getting all this put up. It's been a long, long time, and yeah. we've, all, we've all got a bit of skin in the game. And, been a lot of blood, sweat, and beers over this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always we always laugh. Uh, you know, we we're we we're standing in line, of course, to, to get the shuttle to get over here this morning. And, and of course, I said we ended up talking to this guy John and this guy Doug. And next thing you know, we're all talking about different experiences and different things. And I said, you know, it's amazing. We've been in line here for for all of ten minutes. I said we've gotten more work done, I think, in this ten minutes. You know, it's either in the bars afterwards or whatever. Versus That's what he was the, saying. The most floor. of the work. Most the work happens he calls the office which was the bar yeah <laughs> we're gonna go to the office so go to the office afterwards yeah well, I know I just, speaking on you know my behalf I, I had a great time a great experience when we came out and it was through the friends of NRA we purchased the the hunt and uh you know we just had an absolute great time and and uh you know I, some other folks that have been to your guys's concession that we've been friends with um share the same you know share the same comments and feedback that um just the whole experience they had in new zealand was just a phenomenal experience and yep. you know the hunting is one thing i always said but you know you got to make sure you feed them well and, and yeah. pam does a great job uh some i think what, what was our motto in africa the, the hunting sucks but the food was great yeah. <laughs> but no we had a great time there as well but uh yeah, it was just a phenomenal time. And I know, Jason, you've been there and, and uh, had I can't, a great time. I can't say anything any, anything more about it. I mean, it's it's a fun experience. Um, one of my friends always put it this way. He says, and guess what? They speak English there, too. I can understand what they say. No, we don't. What do we speak, Pam? We speak the Queen's English. Ah, uh, the, the Queen's, Queen's English. English. Well, that's the reason every once in a while Mark says something that I'm like, I have no idea what he said. Oh, I always thought it was because I shot too much and my ears are going bad. That's because I'm Australian, see? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Kiwi. We don't, oh. we don't speak the Queen's English in Australia. Well, that's the reason she's got you on the straight and narrow, though. Exactly. You know, and I'll oh, tell try. you. I moved, uh, good I, luck. I moved to New Zealand, and I'll tell you what, love will draw you further than dying will blow you. <laughs> <laughs> Do not play uh, with the dynamite. <laughs> well, that's well, awesome, guys. It's great talking to you. It's great catching yeah. up again. Yeah, um, yeah. forward. We're going to go have dinner and, and, and you know share some more stories later. Yeah. But uh, and that's you know, the one the one thing about the hunt. You come and hunt. The trophies are there, but the friendships that we make, yeah. their lifetime. You know, and the stories and the sitting around laugh. Remember this. Remember that. It's a great great feeling. Isn't yeah, it? Oh, that's what it's all about. So many friends. You know, that, that come and see us at the shows here and down in Vegas. It was just, it's amazing. Like some, the distance some of them travel just to come and see us. It's like, wow. Yep. The and that's, they're friends, right? They're true yeah. friends, true right? Friends. They, yeah. they, they may show up as guests, but they, you know, they yeah. leave as friends and yeah. friends that, for a that, long time, that's right? That's our motto. Come as a hunter and leave as a lifelong friend. Yeah. Amen to that one, man. Amen well, to that one. Well, good luck here at the show. Thank you. Uh, and uh, obviously, good luck down in Texas. That should be fun. Hopefully, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see, see some pics. Yeah, we'll, we'll see some pictures. And uh, 
Yeah, and in the future, obviously, uh, we'll, we're going to have to figure out when we're going to get back to New Zealand again. I know it's Absolutely. on my list to come back. I need to get a chamois, so that's Absolutely. that's on the list. And I'm sure Mark could talk me into shooting another red stag. So <laughs> <laughs> This I'm one's smaller than Brandon's. Don't shoot that one. Don't shoot that one. <laughs> well, that's a problem. If Brandon goes and shoots one bigger than mine, I mean, I'm just going to have to go and shoot another one. So. <laughs> See, Mark? I tell it. It's all uphill from there. <laughs> that's right. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Well, thanks Fantastic. again, guys. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you. Okay, good luck, and uh, yeah, Jason, signing off, on, buddy. Pam, keep them fat. Absolutely. <laughs> and Mark will keep them thin. <laughs> the tides. Good. Okay. Good right. cop, bad cop. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Thanks God again, bless, guys. Right. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Thanks. Signing off. Cheers. Ciao. Hey everyone, this is Lucas Paw, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it will automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or use our website www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors, and Instagram, Rod and Arrow Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, and get involved with conservation efforts. And know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, go farther, stay longer. <laughs>